Hey guys, welcome back to the Access Points Podcast. And uh, we're going to try something new here. We're su- super excited for you guys to join us as we start this new process and evolution of the Access Points Podcast. And what we're going to do is pick a topic and we're going to do three to four episodes and really dive into that and fully explore it at the end, maybe even have a, a guest on it. And so for this first topic, we pick something near and dear to our heart here at Access Forms, and that's change management. In the first episode, I think you guys are really going to like it. Um, we dive into what it means. You get that feeling in your gut and you know that something needs to change inside of your organization. And Tim does a really good job of laying out three points or three questions that he asks himself when it comes time to make a change inside of the organization. So again, we're super excited that you guys are here and uh, let's get after it. All right. Good morning to our listeners. Welcome back to the Access Points Podcast. Davin Marceau, COO with Access Eforms, here today as always with our owner and CEO Tim Elliott. How are you doing, Tim? Good morning, sir. Doing well. Good. How was your weekend? You know, it was uh, it was very doggy. So uh, the wife is up in Maine doing some leaf peeping. So uh, I'm in charge of the hound dogs, and uh, they are still healthy and ate well. So therefore, I did good. It's that, uh, that season of life thing, right? Once it upon is. a time it was kids and, and now it's dogs. You know, you're always accountable to something and responsible for something. And now it just happens to be a, a small little black and white dog and one really big black and white dog. So that's my life. Yeah. That's, uh, and, and that's, that's the change, right? Listen, it is the, the change. <laughs> Capital C change. Um, you know, you, you look forward to the day where you're empty nested and then you realize that you're never really empty nested. So, um, yeah, it's a thing, but it's getting used to it, getting used to it, huh? And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a good segue into the topic today too, because, you know, one of those constants in life that they always talk about is, is change. Absolutely. Another capital C. Absolutely. And personally, professionally, you know, every day things are changing and evolving in our lives. And I think all too often we approach these things with a fixed mindset, right? We settle into the way that things are, yeah. um, you know, business wise, we get comfortable with it. We see the margin, we see the profit, we see what we see those markers that we want to see. And so we become happy with the status quo. Yep. And then over time, all too often, Tim, and I know you've seen this time and time again, is that it turns from, you know, comfort to to stagnant behavior right. and stagnant activity and state stat or stagnant productivity within the company. And so what we're gonna talk about today with, you know, a bit of this kind of new take on things is change management the recognition of it and the need for it, and then how we effectively do it. And so I, I can't think of any, anybody better to discuss this with that's seen the evolution of access over the last 20 years than you. It's uh, It's been a journey and it's, it's it, you're right, it is constant change. And um, I, I think one of the things that comes to my mind first is, you know, is you said comfortable. And you know, when you finally get things to a point where you figure them out, and about the time you think you've got them figured out, you also figure out that you're stale. Um, you know, you and I both met in the gym. One of the things that has always been our credo when it comes to working out is never be comfortable, mm-hmm. right? It's it's part of that. And, you know, in, in business, it's really the same thing. When you feel comfortable, that means, and, and this is to me, this is my experience. When you feel comfortable, that's where it gets to the point where you're thinking, okay, what am I missing? Um, what's, what's stagnant? What's, am I lazy? Is our company lazy or our products lazy? Um, you know, what do we have? And so when things feel right is when things should really be wrong. 
and I know that's really sounds strange, but you know, in order to grow, you always have to be uncomfortable. And, and, and part of that for me and in, in starting the business was, and a lot of people out there listening to this have probably been through this is, you know, it's just you. And then it's you and two other people. And then it's you and five other people. And so you learn how to get things done and how to execute on things based on the resources that you have. And when you finally get those things in place and you grow a little bit more, you get a couple more counts and you figure out you need one or two more people on top of that, that one or two more people that come into the organization really throw things for a tizzy because now you're dividing up responsibilities. Um, there, there's so many things that have to happen. And, and, it, and I think the hardest part of that is trying to create a culture or having a culture with those people through the, through that change. Um, you know, thinking back over the last 20 years, I think about, and we've talked about this in the podcast before is the different groups of employees we've had and how that's changed over the 20 years. Um, you know, we started off, I mean, we had three or four really big go-getters. I mean, people that could really do everything. Um, but we had limitations. There's only so many people and then you grow. And then you find people that can take you from the $1 million range and somebody that's been to the you know $5 million range before and knows how to manage or how to work inside those, those type of uh, firms. And so you kind of wind up with even different people. And then as you grow more, you get to the $10, $10 million range, and that's even a different group of people. And then you start to realize, well, what can this be? And you know that goes back to opportunities, but you see the opportunity to grow and you think, how are, how are we going to do this? And what are we going to do this with product? We're going to do this with people. We're going to do this with services. What are we going to do this with? But when you, when you come to that realization of what's next, then every time you think of what's next, just know that there's change involved with what's next. And change that is even beyond your comprehension of what you think it's going to be, um, because nothing ever goes as planned. And that's part of this discussion, too, is, you know, the, the, the ability to decide you need to grow or you need to change something. And then inside of that, knowing that the plans are not going as you thought they would and how to pivot off that in order to still get, um, you know, still to execute on the final plan of what you want to do. What is that we're really trying to accomplish and what you plan to accomplish. And we'll talk about this in an upcoming podcast, but what you plan to accomplish and how you plan to accomplish it is never works out exactly like you think it's going to. But, you know, some, some of my favorite stories from back in the day and the things you miss the most is when it was just two or three people and every win's a massive win an implementation that went well, massive win, a sale that happened, massive sale. Um, and then as you grow, those things are still important, but you also have things that are even bigger. And so when you make those changes to figure out either you pivot based on opportunities in the marketplace, you pivot based on um, culture and people, you pivot based on um, the ability to execute on some things that you as the CEO or the founder want to have happen. Uh, I, I know that we talk about this in the podcast, Davin, but you know, whenever we brought you on, on staff, you know, it was a huge pivot point for us. We saw the need to be able to have a good operating company and we didn't really have that. And so I knew you had the experience of, of doing that before, but boy, we had no idea. And you probably didn't have, a, have any idea either what you're getting into. Um, but you know, when that happens, that change is a massive change. I mean, you look at 
the the team today versus the team three years ago, mm-hmm. and it's boy, seventy percent different team probably. I'm guessing. Um, so it, it had to change a lot, and it wasn't a wasn't a diss on the people that you know were here before. We needed those people at that point in time in the organization. As we grew, as we got more complex, as we got maybe um, a little bit better at fine tuning some things, we needed a different group. And so we've been able to go out and, and find those people. But um, I, I can say this, that, you know, as an organization, if you're not changing, you're not growing. If you're not changing, you're probably going backwards. And, um, you know, that all opportunities, all growth, um, all happen through being uncomfortable, seeing an opportunity or seeing a need for change and being uncomfortable. Well, and change is so fickle because we, we use that axiom that change is constant. But as humans, we crave that comfort, right? We, we, we crave almost a lack of change. We get comfortable within what we know and how we know it. And, and we like to do that, right? And you couples have their, their shows that they watch every night. They have their routine and, and they, they want that and they desire that. But on the business side, once you fall into that, it will inevitably become a rut. And so I think the takeaway for today's podcast is like, I, I want to know, you know, how do you sense those winds of change to start blowing? And, and how do you ask those questions? And what are those questions that you can ask of yourself or of your organization to prompt change or to necessitate change? And understand that these answers are coming from who's a 10 quick start, right? So sure. those of you that follow us and, and, know when we talk about the Colby's and, you know, one of the strengths that I have is to be able to see opportunities to change. I'm constantly seeing them. I'm constantly looking for them. I mean, that's my nature. My brain is built that way. Um, the negative side of that is I can stir some things up that don't need to be stirred up. So for me personally, it's, you know, being comfortable is never an option because I'm always looking for ways we can be better. And, and understand that in those ways and those ideas aren't always the best. And that's why I have a Davin Marceau that I can run these by and say, Hey, I've got an idea and you go, okay, really like that. However, you know, we've got these things in place, these systems in place now that are working and that's going to blow that up. And that's when I look at you and go, so, and you look at me going, let's talk. So th- those are things that keep me in check. But at the same time, you know, for me, you know, there's, there's several ways, several things I look at. One is looking at your financials, learn how to read the financials. I, I need to be better at it, but I've learned through the years. It's not something I do naturally. It's not something that comes natural to me, but I've had to learn how to do it. I've had to learn trends and see trends. Um, and you've helped me with some of that, Davin. So that's been good. Um, but that's number one is seeing trends there. When, when you see trends of things looking stale, meaning, numbers aren't changing greatly, whether that's expenses going down or revenue going up, you know, that's, that should be a hint to say, we need to look at other areas of revenue, or we need to look at other opportunities. Are we getting everything out of the current customers that we have? Um, can we go find new ones in a more efficient way? And, uh, you know, we've, we've been through that, gosh, every year, but also one of the things we discuss on the podcast is the idea of value and each employee that works at access, whether I talk to them directly or not, based on feedback I get from different people in organizations, in our organization, there's either like a, I call it an up arrow or a down arrow as far as value goes. 
And if, if someone is just a rock star and they're just they're doing things over and beyond, um, you know, they're, they're not just doing their job, but they're doing an exemplary job. I hear about that. And, you know, like I said, my value arrow for them goes up. For those that are just kind of doing their job and getting by and, you know, a few problems here and there, but really not doing anything outstanding, but just showing up for work. Those are the people that I typically have down arrows with. With all being said, strangely enough, is my brain clusters value, valuable people and people that aren't of as much value in groups. And so if I start seeing those groups of people in the same department, if I see those types of those groups of people um, that work together in certain areas, then what that does is that triggers me to go look in those areas and say, are we being efficient? Are we getting everything done? Do we have a team problem? Do we have a people problem? Do we have an execution problem? What do we have? And I'd like to call that a gut feeling, but it's, it's more than just a gut feeling. It's things as you know, in the organization you hear, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the old, the consultants from back in the eighties I used to listen to. And it was, they had a, a term, they call it management by walking around. And, you know, we we're a virtual company, so you can't really do that, but you kind of do that. And, you know, we have a meeting every nine o'clock, every, every Monday at nine o'clock and, and with uh, some of our executive team. And we talk about some of the wins and some of the things that are going on. Then, um, you know, there's a meeting every Friday afternoon with a lot of stakeholders to really, how, how are we doing in these departments? Are we making progress? And, and you hear things there and you hear names come up and you see names and you hear some things. Those are things that over 20 years, you kind of, I've kind of learned to take in and evaluate and think about, Hmm, where could we be better? Where are we missing some things? And that's where I have to, I have to be careful now. Used to, I would just go blow something up. But now I have people here that can kind of check me on that. And a lot of times Davin, you know, Davin will get a, a, a text from me or I'll come in his office or whatever and say, Hey, I want you to look into something for me. I've got, I'm thinking this and man, this has been weighing on my mind for a while. Would you check into it? And Davin, you're really good about checking into things. And a lot of times it's not, you know, it's not real. It's something I perceive to be there. It's not real. I drop it. We move on. Don't think about it again. But some of the times it's something we look at and, it, and we pivot or we change something sometimes drastically, sometimes just a, a smidge. Um, but, but we'll, we'll make a change. And, and that change typically falls into a couple of categories. One is, is it going to make us more revenue? Two, is it going to make us more efficient? Or three, is it going to make us a better company? And, you know, it, you have to weigh those change dollars, meaning no change comes without an investment. It's investing in new people or products or whatever it is. It typically involves some kind of investment. And is, is the potential upside of this decision to change worth the risks it's going to take of going about doing it? Um, and that's, that's, a lot of times what I've learned over 20 years is how to quickly put that in your head and figure out what's the upside and being coming from sales. It's always really big, right? Opportunities are always massive um, in my mind, but what's the risk in doing that? And what if we don't hit the numbers that we think we do think we should in order to make this change? Is it worth doing? And so it, it's kind of a, I'd love to say it was some kind of a spreadsheet, um, I'd love to say it was some kind of a graph that I go off, but honestly, it's kind of a gut and I, I feel it and it's something I feel and, and, and it, it, can, it came from 20 years of doing it 
Um, but man, I'd love to say there's, there's three steps, but there's not, it's, it's, you feel it in your gut or you see it on the spreadsheet as far as the, the financials. I'd like to call that the, I think I feel right. Like the yeah. power of intuition, which mm-hmm. is a very, very powerful tool for, for leaders at any level is to trust your gut. Right. But <laughs> you know, all too often our, our guts, our initial feeling is, is wrong, right? A lot of times it leads us in the right direction, but X amount of time, it's going to lead us in the wrong direction. And so you have to have that mechanism in place to, to, to check your feelings. Right. And, right. and that's where I like how you talked about something like the financials, but more importantly is trends within the financials, because if you combined the gut instinct, the gut reaction for, I think I feel that this isn't working, this specific concept isn't working. And then you go and in a vacuum, you confirm it on the financials. See, um, professional services, I don't think they're doing their jobs. Expenses is up 50%. Ergo, we need to get rid of half of the people in professional services. That's a decision that happens in a vacuum that's not confirmed with anything empirical, but it's confirmed with your gut, right? right. And, and all too often, I think that as leaders, that leads us to very myopic decision-making, right? And it may work in a vacuum, it may work in a bubble, but over time, and we've seen this, we've experienced this since I've been here, that in the long run, it ends up biting us, right? Right, and I think we've had to look at, speaking of financials, we had to look at, we've had to look at things differently, and you've done a good job of helping with that, but you know, we typically look, look at things, and once again, I came from the sales area, so it was, right, Mike and I were talking about this very thing this morning, you know, you look at month to month, you look at how do we produce this month, and we've kind of got to go to quarterly because of our business, but you know, we tend to look at things in quarters, and, you know, in the past, I would see either a really good quarter or a really bad quarter and make decisions off of that. And one of the things that you've done a good job of teaching me is look for those trends. And let's let's look at this year versus last year. Let's look at today, this year versus last year, or let's compare and let's let's look at trends and analytics in a different way and not just off of my gut. Sometimes I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it almost with us, it's almost your gut is what enables you to say, let's look into this. Doesn't mean I have to react to it, but we need to look into it. Well, and and there's times where the, the natural instinct side of things will balance out a a tendency to, to overanalyze the financials, right? You have to be careful with year over year analysis too, because you better make sure you're taking into account that external variable, right? That one large deal that you had as a flyer last year that conflated your financials to, and then you look at that, you're like, okay, we had a fantastic year, but without that, right? If you were to take and get rid of those outliers and what does the data look like? So you have to make sure that there's a solid balance between what you think and feel as a leader, your gut, because you've, you've taken this thing from inception and you've grown it. So you know what right looks like just at your core, right? But then you have to make sure that there are solid empirical and financial evidence to support what it is that you're saying, but also vice versa. And then the third part of that, that, that I really like that you said is the opportunity cost of things, right? So, okay. I I have a, a gut feeling as a leader. I've confirmed it over a quarter of performance. There's something definitively wrong with this type of department, right? I want to make a change. Got it. You'd better have a mechanism in place to weigh the opportunity cost of that change because nothing's free and not even in terms of dollars. Nothing's free in terms of, in terms of time. Nothing, nothing's free in terms of what are you not doing because you're choosing to, 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 you know, go down this path. You'd better make sure that you have a way to look at the opportunity cost of that change. Because what we've seen in the past is that 
oftentimes it's not worth the opportunity cost to make a small change here for the greater good kind of thing. And, and as the CEO, you know, not the operator, never even don't ever be afraid to look at those things. Doesn't mean you have to act on them, but never be afraid to look at those things that are in your gut, but have someone in your organization, someone that's a mentor, someone that's an outside contractor that can check your work. Somebody that doesn't have the emotional ties to the, to your organization that can look at it from a different angle. And a lot of times those people will be able to tell you some things that you haven't seen. They're real blind spots. Um, but that's why you have those people in your life. That's why I have you here. One of the reasons is you're able to be that, see those blind spots in me, but it's also good for me to be able to express what I think, what I feel. Um, but having that team together is really important. Yeah. And plus one of the things that you help provide me also, Tim, is the historical context on things. Right. You know, I've, I've been here for you know, a little over three years, right? Access has been around for, you know, six of those three year periods of time, you know? So I need to make sure that I have all of the historical context in the background on my ability to even check your premise on, on a certain thing. So certainly there's, there's balance to be had within that. Um, you know, and, and I think all of that, the, the art of changing or the science of change is something we're going to dive into in the next podcast. But, you know, I would argue that, that that's the easy part, right? The coming up with the need for change and identifying the real and quantifying the real need for change, I think is, is the hard part because a lot of times you have to check your ego at the door. You do. Right. You because do. you fell in love with this, right. And you thought that this was something. And then the recognition of the fact that you were wrong is hard. Especially when you've got so much effort and work into it. And so many people will start and get into that. We'll talk about this for sure in the second podcast, but you'll get so far into it that you're married to it and where you should stop and back out. You just, you don't want to be wrong. And so you keep investing and keep dumping resources and keep dumping money into it and, and knowing that it's not going the way you wanted it to. And that's, you pivoted for a good reason, but your failure to pivot again yeah. is, is the downfall. And you start compounding bad decisions on bad decisions or start throwing bad money at bad money. Right. Right. And, and I, that's really kind of the genesis of this whole podcast, right? About where we are with, you know, our change internally relative to, to our podcast and how we help communicate with the outside world is, you know, we went through this process of, we, we thought we needed to make a change and, you know, we quantified that change and we weighed the opportunity costs and, and here we go. So, you know, let our audience in on a little bit of what it is that I'm talking about and where we're going with this whole thing. Yeah. So, um, we, we, uh, I guess it was a month or so ago, we started looking at the podcast and looking at our reach and, and, uh, looking at what we're doing and, and what we really want to do. And so we're going to, we're in the process of, of doing some rebranding. So we're going to rebrand the podcast. Uh, you'll hear more about it as we, uh, as we move along, as you hear more podcasts, we're going to do it gradually over probably a month or two, but uh, the new name is going to be a bobblehead podcast, bobblehead media. So we're going to try to do some cool things with the podcast. We're going to continue on with mindset. Um, talk a lot about what we typically talk about now, but we're going to do it in a little more fun way. We're going to add uh, some more, uh, some more fun into it and uh, do some things that are really unusual and probably have never been done on podcasts before. So we're looking, so look forward to that. And that's all I'm, I'm going to tell you now, but uh, be looking for, you're going to, you're going to start seeing some branding changing from uh, access points podcast over to bobblehead. 
and you know, people are thinking like, why, why bobblehead? Like, what sense does that make? And and I would, without even really knowing, I would argue that Tim and I have two of the largest heads in all of business. And so I, I think it's just, it's, they don't even need a character. You're not, they just have not, to take a picture of wrong. Tim and I. You're and not like, wrong. Those guys' heads are enormous. They're like, massive. Yeah, was, are they bobbleheads? In more ways than one. <laughs> Absolutely. One more reason we, we, uh, we picked the, the name. So yeah, I just tell you guys more about this and it's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be good stuff. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, good place to wrap this thing up, Tim. And I'm uh, looking forward to the next episode. It'll be fun. Thanks. Right. Take care.